Welcome to the podcast Rooted, where we're establishing the truth about all things hair. Connecting synergy between the beauty and mental wellness profession. Your host, Morello Kane. Hi, love. I'm Morello Kane, host of Rooted, board certified cosmetologist, CEO of the Hair Debate, and author of Seven Love Languages. I have the pleasure of conversing with me today, Dr. Yvonne Ambabola. Now, Dr. Ambabola, did I get that correct? Uh, that's okay. Uh, yeah, it's Dr. Yvonne Abimbola, so thank you for having me. Oh, absolutely. It is totally a pleasure. So now, I am going to allow you to introduce your brand, and then we're going to go into our topic today. So tell us, who are you, Dr. Ambola? So um, I'm a doctor from England. I'm a physician. I'm also a medical and aesthetic doctor, and I have a private practice specializing in skin of color. So I see patients in my clinic, Dr. Eve Skin, and I like to make educational videos and uh, posts for patients, as well as obviously seeing them in clinic for the various skin and health uh, needs. Yes, I love that. Thank you for your time today. So now let me just say this. Our topic today, we're going to be discussing relaxers. That is a huge issue right now. Um, we had some, uh, you know, we, we knew sometime that relaxers had an effect on the skin and which in turn affects the hair. But then also too, um, we're going to talk about, you know, some things that may help it. You know, we're going to talk about PRP injections. I don't know if that would be a benefit in helping the scalp with relaxers. The damage that comes from that, but we're going to discuss that. But now, let me just kind of um, say this um, because I am a master cosmetologist. I'm certified in hair, skin, and nails, but my expertise is in hair, the scalp, and hair. And so, so now let me ask you this. With the scalp being an extension of the skin, yeah. Now this is just a question that I have in mind, and and I know I you know our other listeners out there pretty much probably have the same question as well. If you have a skin condition that's going on with your face, could that also too go on with your scalp? Just a question. Absolutely. Um, there are quite a few conditions which affect the body, but also affect the scalp. And some common examples are psoriasis, um, seborrheic dermatitis. And uh, I say there's ones particularly, especially the second one, because uh, seborrheic dermatitis is often described as dandruff on the scalp and often treated uh, with just, you know, various methods using creams or, you know, physical removal of the scales. But actually, that's a a manifestation of a skin condition in the scalp and that requires treatment so definitely uh, conditions which can be on the body or the face can also affect the scalp absolutely let's go right into the relaxers now dr eve and, yes. and let me just say that your brand name is dr eve skin yes I and i and i'm very happy to be called dr eve ah dr eve thank you because i'm known to mess up some names so thank <laughs> it's okay Okay, so now, Dr. E, so are you aware in what is going on right now? I know that it's all over so social media when it pertains to the relaxers and, and what's going on and the determination that they have now stated that, okay, um, it is known that companies, they did know uh, or in or was aware 
of the issues that it could cause to the scalp and hair. But now, have you guys been seeing that in your area as well, in your country? Yes, absolutely. I think there's been a massive shift worldwide and definitely in the United Kingdom against relaxers generally. Uh, It's been well known for a long time that they do cause damage. I think it just wasn't well known what that damage may well be. Uh, But we we are aware that there is damage and there's various types of damage which occurs as a result of using relaxers and general weakening of the hair. Um, But as you have rightly said, there's been recent uh, talk all over the Internet and uh, various media, including journals about the, you know, the very serious effects of use of relaxers and hair straightening materials. So, yes, it's definitely important. Okay, so now we are going to talk about the various damage the various damages that was done on the scab when it pertained to the relaxers but now we're going to take a break and we'll be right back hey what's up y'all it's your girl carly red and you are watching the hair debate don't forget to debate about the hair because it's coming so at to us sitting near you thank you so much we are back um thank you for allowing us to show some love to our listeners advertisers and our sponsors So now, Dr. Eve, let's talk about what that damage may look like on the scalp. And so I know the immediate thing that kind of comes to me are the berms. You know, if a relaxer is left on too much, there may be a degree of burn on the scalp. What may that look like and what effects would that have underneath the scalp? So, um, I mean, I have first-hand experience of this, having had a relaxer as a young child. And absolutely, uh, when you have a, a relaxer burn, it may not only be due to the fact that the relaxer was left on for too long. Sometimes it's due to the application. So using, you know, things like combs or even scratching the scalp as you're applying a relaxer, which causes irritation within the scalp as well. And what tends to manifest is that the scalp is very inflamed. Usually there's scabs as if you'd, you know, cut yourself. You would have thick scabs on the head and usually that results results in hair loss. Um, So patients might describe hair loss often in a very sore, tender head, even, you know, difficulty managing or combing or styling their hair after for a few days Um, and there are other side effects that can occur as a result depending on a patient's sensitivity to the chemicals within relaxer such as uh, an actual allergy as a result so you know yeah so you know I, I think I've recently seen one of your posts regarding PPD allergy now it's not necessarily PPD allergy in this because there is no PPD in a relaxer unless you know they went on to use other things but there are um, particular chemicals which are used in relaxers which can irritate the scalp um, particularly um, thio I, I'm going to remember how I'm going to remember the word. that's exactly it exactly and that can be a sensitizer to quite a few patients there's also formaldehyde formaldehyde contained within some relaxers um, and you know various other types of chemicals which can irritate the scalp and lead to chronic inflammation in these patients and they may not necessarily know that that's wrong and I know often you know as a young person when you get that irritation that burn you just scalp when a uh, relaxer is applied mostly because you're taking a very alkaline subject uh, or product and applying it to the hair which is usually quite acidic and that can cause quite deep scars especially as it can have a pH between 8 to 14 which is much more alkaline than the scalp actually is Uh, so this can cause burns it can make the hair feel dry 
Um, but also patients can have a contact allergy to chemicals within the relaxers. So uh, particularly the most common one is sodium thioglycolate, um, but there's also allergic contact reactions to formaldehyde um, that have been reported, and those are within various different types of relaxers. So there, there can be chronic inflammation in the scalp or even just what we call acute at that time. Uh, sadly, in a lot of our communities, we kind of feel that that's a normal response to a relaxer, that you have your hair done, you feel a bit burned for a few days, and then you kind of keep moving. But actually, you're doing damage continuously to the hair. Um, and that can lead to inflammation in the hair follicle, hair loss as a result, scarring on the scalp, which can also result in hair loss as well. So uh, it can do quite a lot of damage. Wow. That So, so now let's just touch that inflammation underneath the scalp. Mm-hmm. Okay, so now with the inflammation being underneath the scalp, what basically help in, in removing and or healing that? Because if the inflammation, if it is not addressed, yeah. then at that point in time, the body starts going through a self-healing underneath the scalp. Am I correct? Correct. Okay. So what helps with the with healing that inflammation so the most basic answer is that you need to stop using the irritant Uh, it would make absolutely no sense if you keep using an irritant which causes the inflammation and in patients you have this as a direct result of using something like a relaxer the most important thing is to exclude the relaxer altogether and so that the scalp can heal Uh, And in cases of patients who continue to have ongoing inflammation, they may need to be treated with uh, medications such as steroids, corticosteroids, in order to decrease that inflammation. And then once everything has settled down, other treatments might be used. Okay. Oh, I love that. I love that. So now, so let's just say then an individual did not address that, you know, because we feel that if it's not hurting, then it's healed (laughs) and it's okay. But now understand that's because you're looking at it from the topical, you know, you're looking at what you can see, which is your scalp, but not truly understanding that the, 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 the heart, the soul of that strand, you know, Mm -hmm. where, where it lives at is underneath the scalp. And so if that is not taken care of and the scar tissue is there, what does that result to? So essentially, it'll be a cascade of events. So when you start using relaxers or you have inflammation as a result of use of recurrent use of relaxers, specifically if you do it as advised every six weeks, for example, or even more frequently, what then happens is that you weaken the hair strand. The hair follicles are very upset and inflamed. The scalp is inflamed. You may have already developed scarring as a result of you know, previous burns to the scalp. Um, And as a result of that, the hair becomes weaker, uh, more easy and prone to damage. So although it looks okay, you may have more damage as a result. And then frequently what then follows on from that is that the hairstyling that you might do as a result of having your hair relaxed will contribute to further hair loss, contribute to further inflammation of the scalp. And then, you know, eventually that patient might experience 
complete hair loss from that area or very, very little or thin hair in the area uh, where they may have had inflammation or burns or et cetera from that. So it unfortunately can lead to a cascade of events. So some of these patients have multiple things happening. And we haven't mentioned the fact that they may also have a tendency to hair loss anyway as a result right. of their own genetics. So whether or not they may have, you know, male or female pattern hair loss, which they are you know, more likely to develop, you're kind of speeding up the pathway for them to reach that. Wow. Um, so, yeah. Wow, wow, wow. Oh, I tell you. So, Dr. Ease is truly giving us some great information here. Okay, we are going to take a small break because I know you guys want to know, okay, what do we do? What can help this? We will inform you. We'll be right back. Hey, what's up, y'all? It's your girl, Carly Red, and you are watching the hair debate. Don't forget to debate about the hair because it's coming soon. Add to a sitting near you. Okay, so, Dr. Eve, and let me just say thank you guys for allowing us to take that small break and sh to show our sponsors some love. So now, Dr. Eve, um, PRP injection because, yes. you know, when, when that scar tissue develops, it leads to hair loss. And as you just stated before, you know, you're ad advancing that, you mm -hmm. know, from your genetics, you know. And so with that, you know, now a person is seeing hair loss. You know, when you take a look at the scalp, it looks different. Yeah. It, it is not as supple. The pores, it, it does not look the same. And yeah. so now in that, Okay, PRP injections. Let's talk about that for a second. What are PRP injections? So PRP essentially means platelet-rich plasma. And we take PRP or we make PRP from your own blood. So a sample of blood is taken from the person who you're treating okay. and then it's spun in a centrifuge. And we may spin that twice depending on whatever system you're using. And what that does okay. is it separates out the red blood cells from the platelets and the plasma and that special what we call it liquid gold is um, full of growth factors and the ability to heal wherever it's applied so we were using PRP for a long time before we started using it in dermatology and in you know aesthetics etc and it's been very very effective in healing joints uh, in healing scars in the skin so the application of PRP was applied within dermatology and it has been proven to help quite a lot with various scalp conditions, including things like androgenetic alopecia, which is that male or female pattern hair loss. Uh, it can be very effective in patients if it's used in a timely manner. Uh, in, in hair loss, especially with um, people who may have experienced hair loss as a result of relaxers, um, because it helps to repair at the hair follicle, decreasing the inflammation. And the one thing that's wonderful about PRP is that there's practically no uh, risk to harm because you're using your own uh, growth factors. You're not putting anything foreign into the body. It will not be attacked by the body because, you know, this is a foreign subject. And actually, it, it can work right at the site it's applied. Um, but it is an effective treatment. Uh, it has been shown with mixed results to be useful in scarring alopecia, but it has been effective. But the one thing that I would probably say is if you're going to go down that route, it would be counterproductive to then continue relaxing your hair because you would just be causing more damage and essentially undoing all the things that you're doing with PRP. You mentioned something in a timely manner. 
Mm-hmm. Okay, what would be a timely matter? At what point is it too late and the PRP would not be effective? I would say only from my own practice. When there's very, very severe scarring, it can take okay. it can take an extremely long time, if anything, to work. Um, and for okay. people who have very thick scars, especially considering that fact that particularly with Afro-Caribbeans, we're prone to keloid scarring, for example, um, or hypertrophic scars, which are not quite helo scars, but very thick, bubbly scars. Mm-hmm. Uh, it's going it's gonna to be less effective in those people. And that's just me being honest. And that's what I do with patients in clinic. But I would say as soon as you notice that your hair is thinning out or you know, you're losing hair, that's the time to seek the help. Because at that time, we can turn things around a lot quicker. Uh, But I mean, if you leave it for years and years and years with, you know, very thick scars all over the place, that might not be an effective treatment, but it's always something we can try. But it's also not a quick fix, which is often something that people fail to understand. It's, you know, not hair transplant overnight, which is also not a quick fix, but it would take at least 90 days to see some improvement in the scalp. And that's something you would need to do every three to four weeks to get the benefit, really. Okay, okay. That is absolutely amazing. So now, from your practice, Mm -hmm. Dr. Eve, are there things that you would suggest that, you know, are there products that you sell that can help with any of those conditions? Well, absolutely. I think the main thing is I I prescribe treatments which um, can be used alongside things like PRP. Again, depending on the type of hair loss that people are experiencing, you can use things like minoxidil, which is, I think, marketed as Rogaine um, or oral finasteride. And we now have a new treatment, which is an almost a form of oral minoxidil, which is a lot more effective at uh, improving hair, um, hair loss in particular. And that's something that can be used uh, Generally, with alopecia, there's a new treatment, which is actually only currently available for use in alopecia, which is not the same as uh, hair loss from relaxer, but alopecia areata. There's a new treatment, which is really, really exciting. And, you know, I'll be really happy when it comes to the UK. Um, but we, it's called barcitinib. Um, I think it's currently marketed as olumiant. I can't say it. <laughs> Alumiant, I think, is what it said. But it, um, it's shown really, really effective at return of hair in patients with severe and moderate to severe alopecia. So I think it will probably be useful in various types of hair loss, considering the fact that those patients tend to be the most severe type who haven't responded to other forms of treatment. Oh. So that's something yeah. that's really, really um, making waves and it's currently available in the U.S. Breaking news, okay? <laughs> Dr. Eve just dropped some information here. Oh, all of you that are suffering with alopecia, there is something new on the market, and she stated that it is effective. And so, oh my God, this is great news. Yeah, um, there was a study, it's called the BRAVE study. Um, there's, there's still in various phases, but the advanced phases of the study have shown that there is uh, an increase in hair uh, at the 36-week mark. So, you know, that's quite effective for patients, especially with those with the moderate to severe uh, alopecia who, you know, have tried various types of treatment and have been unsuccessful. This is really going to be exciting. And I'm gearing up patients in the UK, for, you know, for that. Um, but I know that in America, that's something that could possibly be used. And it is an immunosuppressant. So obviously, there will be some things to consider. Um, but it's a one, 
once a day dosing regimen and it has um it has been proven to be effective so i think that would be something that we can consider and there's certainly something that is being used already for various other conditions but it's been proven to kind of take the hair from the um uh, that telogen that kind of hair loss phase the, the phase in which hair is falling out and push it back into the hair growth phase um so i think uh, wow. there was spontaneous remission within within one year seen in about 80 percent of people um but that's generally um I, I need to check that but that, i think that's generally the idea is that it, it's quite effective and it's something that may help uh, as a proven treatment for people but in the uk it's still being looked at with more detail Okay, well, Dr. Eve, I would love to bring you back so we could talk about that more so. Sure. And that has been great. Dr. Eve, you have truly blessed our listeners and uh, with some breaking news. I had no idea. Let me just say that. So I am, all these different thoughts are just going through my head and I'm just like, oh my God, because people have suffered for years. Absolutely. It's heartbreaking. It's heartbreaking when you have someone in front of you who is suffering and there's, you know, there's, you know, we're talking about different conditions together, but there are so many treatments that we can offer them. Um, You know, PRP is effective in alopecia, but it's not guaranteed. Um, you know, it's more, much more effective in different types of hair loss. It can be effective in hair loss associated with things like hair relaxers, you know, that male pattern or female pattern hair loss. But uh, with the alopecia areata patients, the treatments have been, you know, so, so much um, to date. But hopefully there's more things on the market coming for them, which will be much more effective. Yes. This is the first. So I'm truly excited about this. We'll definitely, Dr. Eve, would love for you to come back and explore some more um, with this topic. And so now, (laughs) it has been a pleasure having you on the platform. Dr. E, thank thank you you so much. Thank you for having me. Do you have anything that you would like to share pertaining to your brand, anything that's coming up? At the moment, I'm just happy seeing patients in my clinic in South London in the UK. Um, I specifically, you know, it's quite a big, um, it's quite a big thing to market yourself specifically to one community, but it's because the patients that I see um, within my uh, normal role as a family practitioner, as a physician, uh, they, they often get poor diagnoses, poor management of their skin problems. And, you know, I'm happy to be able to kind of turn that around. And when I see um, the joy and, you know, the happiness that you, patients get when they get the right diagnosis and the right treatment. It just makes me continue to do that. So I have nothing to market now. I just want to continue serving and helping patients. You are serving well. You are doing a great job. We thank you so much. Now, where can our listeners, where can they follow you at? I'm on Instagram at dr.eve.skin. And I'm also um have a website um, which is www.dreveskin.com yes and that's dr eve eve skin yeah okay and so all three words dr skin eve and so definitely follow dr eve because again she has breaking news i know she's going to be dropping more gems when it pertains to this new treatment and so definitely you want to follow her to stay on top of what they have founded to help you know, us individuals, myself as well, when it comes to alopecia. So I'll be looking 
more into that as well. And so um, it's been a pleasure. Thank you so much, Dr. E. Thank you so um, much. Absolutely. And so this, we will conclude this podcast. And I tell you, it's been a joy. Thank you, sponsors. This because this is sponsored by The Hair Debate, the platform where we debunk, debate, and discover all things hair. Thank you for joining today's episode of Rooted. Visit MoraloCane.com. Follow us on all social media at The Hair Debate and at Morello Kane. Don't forget to like and share.